Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to a special episode of Fireteam Chat from the Destiny 2 event. Fran is joining me today, hey, along with Luke Smith and Mark Noseworthy, two leads on Destiny 2. Guys, you just had your big reveal. How do you feel? Dude, we're tired. Straight, straight up. Like, it's, it's, so, yeah, it's been, it's been a long stretch here to get this done, and we are like the, yeah, we're, we're getting run down. I'm so done with waking up at 5 a.m. in a cold sweat, like, every day. Thinking, is, is it good enough? What are we gonna, you know? Well, you're gonna still. We're not. The game's not done. I know. So you're yeah. still waking up. But maybe up at I can make it to 5:15 now or yeah. something. An extra, some beauty rest. Yeah. So you've worked hard to get here. But like, what was your feeling from the crowd today? You know, that's what people usually talk about after. How it was pretty feel? inspiring. Like we, you know, we were practicing yesterday and we've been rehearsing for a while. It is small crowds or nobody, and you don't know like is this joke gonna land or like we didn't know if would people applaud at anything. You know, because. Sometimes these things are just, people are just like typing on their keyboards and it's really stoic and whatever. And then when people like cheered when like Zavala and Shax and whoever the third person was, like they're like a fire team in that, you know, that first trailer and they cheered at that. I was like, oh man, like, <laughs> like people, the, people are into this. The, it's the home team. Yeah, they are, <laughs> they are digging what we are selling. Yeah. You know? like and, and so then, and it felt like, you know, first we filled up the room, which was cool. And then just people were really excited and. I think the first tip was there were folks doing the wave before the event even oh, started. Yeah. Yeah, like, I had never seen anything like that yeah. before at an event like this. So you guys came out. You showed the, a little bit of the campaign and how much you're focusing on story. Was that one of the small lessons you learned from Destiny 1? Like, we need to have an awesome narrative? I think it's about, yeah, improving the craft of the narrative team. Like, we, like this is Mark and I's second rodeo. Like, we worked on this some in TTK where we... You know, try to try to push some of that forward, and in Destiny 2, we're gonna push it forward again. And I think Homecoming today was like a little, like slice of that, a little preview of, of what we're thinking about. But it's also a moment in the campaign that, while at the beginning of the game, is also like an extremely intense, like high action war zone moment. Like the the whole like the campaign's gonna have an arc and an ebb and a flow to it. Yeah. Luke, your name's been associated as the lead of like this big project. You've been at Bungie since like the Halo days. Uh, what's it like taking on something of this magnitude compared to your other roles? Uh, the the pressure is much greater. Like all of the stress to me converts to pressure because the responsibility is is really firmly on you know our leadership team to try to do the best thing we can for our fans. And so the the pressure is you know uh, unheard. Like for me, it's unheard of. Like the moment that there was this thing, I, I felt like I was doing pretty well this morning. I was like you know I was like I didn't feel too many nerves and. You know, I went outside, like, before the event started and, like, served people some, like, energy drinks. And, like, they are like, oh, shit. And I'm, just, I'm, like, fencing them drinks and then came back inside. And then we opened the doors. And this rush of people come into the room and I just feel this, like, pit in my stomach where I'm, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm nervous. And, like, I am, like, I'm, like, emotionally fragile right now. 
like the because like the weight of the responsibility of like these people came here from untold distances to see this and like the first thing that's going to happen is like there's an awesome trailer, and then my dumbass is gonna walk out <laughs> and just like, am I gonna, am I gonna face plant? Am I gonna like get up there? Are they gonna be like, are they gonna be quiet? And so there was just all of this anxiety. I just laughed when people came in because like the first guy that came in almost came, walked around the corner, didn't look at anything. It's like 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 none of these posters, none of this mattered, and went just for a beeline for like the craft services table and just started eating croissants. Like first dude in, just like <laughs> I, I gotta get some of this free food. Like I, I don't know, you know. I know. They're really good. Uh, first first time on PC ever. Uh, you're doing uh, 30 FPS on console. PC is unlocked. You told me that earlier, Mark. Uh, what's that like balancing those two platforms, like a console platform and a PC platform? We're really approaching it like we want to make the best experience we can on each platform, you know? And on the PC, like we've got crazy PC fans at work and we want the game to feel like it's made by PC fans for PC fans. And so that means we're doing, you know, all this stuff that people expect, like supporting all sorts of strange aspect ratios, adjustable FOV, remappable controls, all, all sorts of graphics options. You can turn this up and down. Really robust compatibility testing to make sure it runs on a wide variety of hardware. And then on console, like make it feel awesome in the controller, right? Like at its purest, most basic, Destiny needs to be an awesome action game. It needs to feel good when you put your reticle over an alien's face and you shoot him in the head and the soul escapes his body, right? And, you know, you guys play on console today. Did it feel good? Yeah, yeah. it felt good. It already felt good before. It feels great now, so, yeah. I, an important clarification there, though. So, you were touting PS4 Pro today. We know Scorpio's coming. Will it run at 60 frames per second on those consoles? So, uh, we have no announcements about Scorpio today. We're not, we're not talking about that yet. But the Pro was here, and, you know, it was running in 4K and oh, looks so great. That you know? was running 4K today. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. It, it will not run at 60. Okay. On the pro. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I don't want, I don't want people to like continue to hope or anything like that. I just, I mean, we're going to be matter of fact about stuff like this. Got it. That's so, fantastic. Why did you make that decision? You're like, we're going to lock it at 4K 30 max on consoles. Is it just like, you don't want to push the consoles too hard or why do you, why do you make that choice? So, I mean, I, I can wade into this and you can flesh it out. Like the, the, the console, like the PS4 Pro is super powerful, but it couldn't run our game at 60. Like the way that like, like our games is rich physics simulation with collision of players, networking, etc. And like we like it wouldn't run. Not makes sense. Not enough. Yeah. Not enough horsepower there. But yet. there's tons of GPU power in the PS PS4 Pro, and that's why we're doing 4K, right? Like it's on the CPU side. Like Destiny simulation, we like we have more AI to shoot more monsters in a, in an environment with physically simulated vehicles and characters and projectiles. You know, it's part of the Destiny magic, like that like 30 seconds of fun of coming around a corner, throwing a grade, popping a guy in the head, and then you add like five, six, seven other players in a public event, that is incredibly intensive for hardware, right? Uh, can I ask one other clarification, jumping back to Homecoming, is that the beginning of the game? That part of the story missions? Homecoming, you're sort of catching in media res. Like it's, it's, it's partway into the mission, and uh, it's, it's a little bit, like we've, we've made some edits to it just for the, to make a demo that is, is like fun to watch, but there's, there's more that comes ahead of it, and there's more that comes sort of after. Awesome. I noticed in that section that there's a lot of strange dust lying around. Okay, I'm kidding. I saw strange dust in the menu, and I want to know what it is. Can you tell me anything? Yeah, we're not talking about the investment uh, game yet. Like, today's focused on story, action, activities, not all the ways you're going to tweak your guardian and make him a, the perfect monster killing machine. The vault's blowing up. Weapons are gone. 
What are we going to do when our inventory fills up? Do we have a place to store it? I, I bet you we'll. I bet you we'll figure something like that out for for sure. Uh, the place to store it's not where you stored it before, though. We, we I mean we like literally saw what happened to that giant cabal ball. Did you say you put it on like a big loot cave or something like that? Like a <laughs> no, no. Uh, we haven't put it in a loot cave. You're right. I mean the crypto is up to something, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to ask story like length. I mean, you guys came out with an amazing looking demo. It's high action. We were talking about it. Um, how long can we expect that to last for? I don't think we're gonna put like an hour on it or something like that. It's definitely the biggest campaign we've had yet. Like it's, it's not even not even really close. We think I think it's pretty rare that someone's gonna sit down and just say like I want to bang out all the story missions and see all the cinematics because. We're trying to make the worlds interesting enough that you're gonna like want to go on a diversion. You're gonna say like, man, I, I really want to know what's over on the other side of that cliff. Like, there's nothing in the campaign that's telling me I should go there, but I've got this adventure, and the character is telling me like, I want to go do this thing for him. You know, like adventures are these like 10 to 15 minute like little activities that tell the story of the destination, the combatants that are there, the NPCs, and the history of the world separate from the campaign, right? And so there's a bunch of story to be told in Destiny outside of the campaign. And so we think people who really care about story aren't going to just go through and bang out the campaign. They're going to do a lot of the side stuff. They're going to do exploration. They're going to do other things. And so it's actually pretty hard for even to just give you a, a, an hour number or a minute, right? Um, Brian McCaffrey, big fan of Destiny. Well, he was a fan of Destiny, but he dropped off after level 20, and he wanted to do the raids so bad but he didn't want to put in 2,000 hours or something crazy to, to get there. You guys have addressed that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how? So the way we're thinking about this is this like guiding principle that we've been using throughout the development of Destiny 2, which is things like, you know, how can we unhide this, this fun? And the raids in Nightfall and Trials are hidden fun to a bunch of players. They never get to experience it. And so what we've done is we've introduced uh, a, new, a new system called Guided Games and it's fueled by clans. And so clans, I think Emmy Chung, our social lead, said it really well this morning. They're like optional teams that you get to play with. And I'm, I think you both are probably in clans, and I, I certainly am. IGN clan. Yeah. And, yeah. The, uh, and, and so what they are right now in the client is mostly a friends list. Again, in Destiny 2, they have their own page. They have progression. They have, of course, a roster. And then they have stuff to do each week. And... We're doing this to create like a, a social group that you can that you can hopefully find and play with. Now, for someone like Ryan, who may be totally a solo player, um, he doesn't need to join a clan, but he's going to leverage clans to get into experiences like guided to get into experiences like the raid via guided games. So he enters as a singleton, he enters in, as a seeker, and we will try to find him a group of five or like a combination of four and another singleton. Both groups will take an oath. You know, they'll have a thing to read. They'll press X to accept the oath, and this is about like, hey, like Ryan, you're joining, you're joining the IGN clan. You accepted this. Um, you need to like before you go on. Do you understand that you're going basically to the equivalent of their home? I'm paraphrasing all of this, but we're trying to prime both sides of the equation. So then you guys will see a message in your clan that's the equivalent of you're about to be a guide. This means that you're hosting someone who may not know exactly what to do. We're doing a bunch of psychological priming to get people to. You know, hopefully, be excellent to each other when the when the combination occurs. And, th and then Ryan gets a chance to reject you guys. Like he doesn't have to pick you. Like you guys might say, like we're hardcore mofo's and all. We just want dudes with galleys and yeah. hunters that do. And he's like, decline. I just well, I'm looking now yeah, decline. And, and then he's like, I want someone who speaks Spanish and is cool into you know 
playing with noobs, like actually wants to just Sherpa singletons, and then, oh, that one's great. Let's, let's, let's jump in there. So right? you are working with multiple languages. Uh, so like what's going to happen? So sort of leading into that, my Destiny 1 uh, IGN clan, huge group on Bungie.net, what's going to happen in Destiny 2? Do I have to recreate that? Am no I starting one's, over? That's great. No one's asked this question today. Like all the, which, which is really scary because maybe it means people don't have clans they care about. Yeah. But really good because the answer is we're preserving your clan. Thank God. Yeah, but like yeah. the existing group continues. You will not have to recreate it. So what about that limitation? Because it's like it's, it's either seventy-five per platform or one hundred fifty per platform. I never figure out the math. But uh, what happens there? Are those being expanded? The uh, the I'm not sure. We'd have to ask Emmy what the exact limitation is. But what we what we don't want to do is incentivize clans to grow so big they're like unwieldy masses. We basically think of the importance of clans is about giving you a group of active players who are available. We have some numbers and what we think that, that should be. The progression systems, we'll try to get you an active group of players. But, but uh, yeah, if, if you have X players today, I believe you'll, have, you'll be able to have up to X players in the future. If, if you're at some cap already. Yeah, that's, that's really great to hear because, um, you know, the management there, like I have 50,000 requests to join. And I'm like, I have 75 slots. He's, yeah. so, he's so, so popular. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you're popular, Destin. Yeah, yeah. we get it. Right? Okay, I'm not, I'm not bragging. It was, it, it's not bragging, but I have like 50,000 people beating down my door to like hang out with me and play games and stuff. But. No, it, it is kind of an issue, though. Like once your clan gets to a certain point, you just have to pick like, oh, is this person active and it's a lot of management. Tough being I was kind Hollywood. of wondering how that would be adjusted. It's not just for us. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how does it work, actually, though, the, the moment you click to go into the raid? How does the guided game work with that? That's the part I'm not understanding still. Like, do you have to do all this before you enter a raid? Sort of, like, you get all set up, and then you sort of join and You're then like, go? We want to play the raid, and we're willing to be a guide. We want to play the raid, but I, I want to be a seeker. And then, you know, I select this group. Like, let's play a session together. And then I join your fire team. So the guided game is through the select of the raid. You can do a guided game. Yeah. If you look back at the UX that you saw in some of the videos, you can, you can piece it together. It's in, okay. it's in a bunch of the stuff we showed. Cool. This is super exciting. We're trying to make it really easy. Like, I want to play this thing. I want to click this button. Oh, I'm that guy. I'll click that button. And then it happens. Magic. <laughs> this mode is super exciting to me. I've talked about it so many times on the show. We want matchmaking for raids, and I feel like this is your answer, right? You want that experience to be fun and okay for anybody who joins into a team. So my question is, what kind of feedback are players going to be able to give the, the groups that they end up joining? Yeah, so this, this is getting pretty to the metal in terms of detail. Um, I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole here because right. if... If we're wrong, I'll rein it in. if we're wrong, <laughs> Emmy will be really upset with us. Got it. Uh, so, but what we, what I will talk about is like we want to make sure that both groups and singletons are protected against to- toxicity and bad behavior. Like the thing that we're, the thing that we're really passionate about here is, is our solution to matchmaking, basically, which would be like simple, but also I think a disaster in many ways. The is to like create groups of people who could become friends ultimately, or groups of people who you're like dude this was just it was like i went on a tinder date and the date didn't go very well and you know but it was still reasonably fun and i don't ever have to see this person again i don't know if you can raids and chill though i don't think those go hand in hand you know i bet you we're gonna find out yeah yeah it sounds like a a good clan name raids and chill somebody's about to grab that 
I have to ask, uh, 4v4 in Crucible, does that include Trials? Yes. It does. It includes Trials. So how are the people who carry my terrible gameplay through Trials going to manage that? You, get, you need to get good. They, yeah, no, they have, I do. They, get to have one, they just get to bring one more person. You're like, it, it's weird. In that format, going from threes to fours, you are easier to carry. That's true. Yeah, you're actually easier to carry. So, like, Fran could come in. You're and only carry at 25% liability instead of 33%, right? All right. It's true. So, so it'll, it'll be helpful there. Does that carry over? Because the strikes we played today were only three. Are they four player? Nope, no, they're three. It's just okay. cru- it's crucible at 4v4. Yeah. yeah. Every So, every mode, 4v4. Every mode, Everything. 4v4. And sorry if I missed this one. Is campaign co op at all? Yeah. Yeah. Of okay. course. How, up to how many players? Three players, just like, That's just like three Destiny. Yeah. Yep. Got it. Uh, the focus on narrative about campaign, like, is that top priority? You guys brought in the Guild Wars writer a while back, and yeah, yeah. it's it, it's a it's a big deal for us. You know, we want to like Luke's first pillar today. He's talking about a world that will you know that can pull you in, and I think I talk about it like it's a world you want to be a part of. A lot of that's about telling a story you can sink your teeth into, something that like emotionally resonates with you. The loss of home, right? The quest to get your powers back, um, and. That's also about it's about relatable characters and memorable moments that are going to happen in the campaign, and so yeah, we we totally want to deliver that for for fans because it's fun, man. Like that's just part of like the spectacle of playing a video game. So the new mode you just announced today, refresh my memory. What's its name? Countdown. Uh, countdown. The countdown. PMT mode. Yes. 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 So that's sort of like a mix between capture the flag and trials. And why don't you tell me a little bit about the design process coming up with that? So the. The design process for PvP and Destiny 2 has been pretty fun to, to watch and be a part of, which is, you know, we talked to, you know, Lars, who leads the PvP team, and we talked to the Sandbox guys. We started to understand what those, those two teams were passionate about, and it, it, this is what led to the 4v4. It led to the small team format, the, the competition that you can learn while you're playing to, like, increase mastery. I talked about that. With Countdown, there was real passion to create an asymmetrical objective mode, and then... The, the additional constraint that we talked about adding to it and the team ultimately went with was what if we just made what if we made maps and modes that paired together so previously on Destiny and in, in our Halo games too we'd been thinking about you make a map and then you're going to make a bunch of modes and you want to make all the modes work on the map and sometimes you change the map a little bit sometimes you change the modes a little bit what we wanted to do here was purpose built so we, we come up with a game engine a mode that we're excited about a mode that would become a countdown and then we start to build a map for it and so Midtown, which you're, which you're playing today, built ex- just exclusively for Countdown. Maybe, maybe, maybe a happy accident it works for some other stuff. Yeah, but, but like built for Countdown. And that same philosophy is the philosophy we're using with, with a, you know, some of our other competitive modes. So you launched the game. We saw the Navigator today. You're launching with four planets, Earth, Io, Titan, and the other one name I can't Nessus. remember. Nessus. I can't say it. That's why I don't want to yeah. say it. Oh, yeah. uh, are we ever going to see that expand? So I, I, I don't want to get too much into how the game's going to change over time, but I think one of the things that we're, we've learned from Destiny 1 is what resonates with players most when, they, when the, the, ex, the, the expansions come out. Um, and I think new places are an example of something that has a lot of value to players. And so I think that, that's a good candidate for, for how the game grows, grows as the season pass unfolds, which we haven't named any of the, the content in there or announced the names for them yet. But the other, the other part that's interesting here is the, uh, oh shit, I totally forgot where I was going to go. 
I, like the, yeah, I, yeah, the I think you answered the question. Different planets, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, the, there's there's like a little bit more, but it'll come back to me. It's been a long it's day. It's been a rather long <laughs> couple of years, I'm sure. This has been this has been a stretch today. It's all right. I'll throw a tough one at you in the meantime. Uh, there's been talk today, and I'm confused. Maybe even came from you. Someone said was that PC version may not release on September 8th. When does the PC version come out? We're gonna announce a date for the PC soon. That's all we can say. Cannot confirm nor deny yeah. situation. We're, I mean, we're we're not committing to a date, but the September first. That... <laughs> <laughs> no, we're do, we're really close to doing it. It was just there's some details we got to figure out, right? And we we don't want to announce a date and then change the date because two people didn't talk or whatever, and so we're and, close. And what's the reason behind it? Is it development timeline? We want when like it's really important for us for this new platform to be freaking awesome when it comes out, right? And we're working with Blizzard really tightly to integrate deeply with Battle.net and their services. And we want to make sure, and they want to make sure, it's done right. And so we're trying to, trying to figure out, like, what's the date going to be for it to hit our quality bar and standards, right? Nice. People often talk about a PC port or a, who's doing most of the development on this. Is it the core Bungie team or is it someone else? It's a mix of the, it's a mix of the Bungie team and then, like, about 30 developers from Vicarious Visions are working with us on it. It's been, like, a true collaboration. Yeah. You know, we've, great. Been, we've been working on a PC, the PC version of Destiny 2 for a while, and they're they're coming in and providing like incredible amounts of value and learning, and taking on a bunch of a bunch of big tasks to help us get it done. And is Moon Studios involved in Destiny 2 as well? Yeah, High Moon Studios is working on Destiny. They, they've done some content for us in the game. I'm gonna fanboy out a little bit. I think the game looks stunning, and obviously upgrades have been done to the engine, or at least I think so. How has that changed on the back end to allow you more? power to make it look this good. One of the main things we've done is we've introduced PBR, like physically based rendering. So I think the most obvious place to see this is just look at the EXO or look at the armor. And you can see like the reflective materials and shaders look real. Like that's the point of physically based rendering, where they calculate the math to simulate real light reflecting off real surfaces. And so it looks this, you know, it just makes things pop and looks just looks great. You know, like the armor when it's properly tuned and we've set it up correctly as with everything you saw today looks really amazing. We've also, you know, enhanced the engine to have some spaces that are bigger. You know, we, we've ditched the last-gen consoles, and that means we can use more memory to have some bigger, more wide-open spaces. You'll see, like, you know, you fought in some pretty big territory on Nessus and the, you know, in the ver inverted Spire Strike, where some of the spots are really big. And that means we've also increased the AI count. You know, if you're going to have a bigger space, and you need more monsters that you can fill the spaces with. Right. The other thing, just to, just to add to that, we've redone a bunch of the explosion and particle effects, which is like really apparent in the game when you use the fist, uh, the fists of havoc, the striker remaster, where he gets to like run around and be a jerk. Uh, like you get, like the, the part, there's a lot more particles there when you when you when you look when you're when you see it like shanks exploding, which I don't think maybe you saw in the the, the build today. I don't think that the fallen barrels are, and stuff. Yeah, but, but like but like the explosion effects are all are all different and just it's awesome. It looks great on the screen. And I actually was wondering with the campaign, it almost seems like there's a different point of view uh, and almost some more particles or something. Am I imagining that, or is there a different take on the there's, up closeness? There's a lot of stuff like screen effects. Like when you're when you're up on the you know the capital ship, there's like rain coming down, wind blowing, and there's just there's a lot happening, and there's like uh, a lot of like really subtle screen shake and chromatic aberration when your camera's shaking. There's just it's just those like just the bungee polish that goes in to just make stuff feel really good. Is often just the, the attention to detail, like a hundred little things. You got to do them all just right. And if they're you know tilted off just a bit too much, like four weeks ago, people like this 
the screen shake was just too much, man. It was like making you sick. And then they just like, okay, a little, a little bit more <laughs> finishing. It was like, oh, there we go. That's just right, you know? Or the motion blur, like localized motion blur. And there's just like all these little things that go into it. And so um, layers of paint, man, go on the canvas. Let's talk Crucible tech, specifically Trials of Osiris. You guys know that is like one of your premier multiplayer modes. Are we getting dedicated servers? We are not getting dedicated servers. Rip the dream. <laughs> why? Why? It's just not an investment that that, okay. that we made for Destiny Two. Like the, um, I understand there's there's certainly desire for it, but you know the the smaller team format, although it's one bigger in the trials case for sure here. The smaller team formats in general easier for us to find tighter matches, and we're we're also going to rechange the the parameters for matchmaking to refocus on uh, connection quality instead of like like trials win matching, or we're gonna we're gonna, like change the we're gonna change a bunch of the parameters to focus on giving people better networking experiences. So that search algorithm you run is now going to prioritize connection speed and then go down the we're list. Gonna, we're gonna up the we're gonna up the, the importance of connection speed. Are you guys gonna have private matches at launch? We're not going to have them at launch, but there's something that's in the roadmap for the future. Because we know they mean a lot to a lot of people in our community who like just love playing with their buddies, you know? Playing their way, with their rules, doing their thing. And is Trials there at launch? We're not really talking about, like, we're, you know, we don't want to go into too much detail on Trials. we got some, some cool stuff planned for Trials that we're going to unveil later this year. So we don't want to give away I actually, too much. I can give away a little more that. Like, the, like the, I love Trials. I think Trials of Osiris is one of the coolest things in Destiny. Although he can no, no longer I make it, it, he can no longer make it to the lighthouse, and that's why all the rules are changing. But <laughs> I, yeah, go I, continue. I, yeah. I can't imagine shipping Destiny two and not having a Trials-like experience there very soon. Like, okay. Very soon. I mean, the first like, DLC. Like a Miyamoto no, answer, like a, by the way. That was launch, good. La, launch, uh, launch, the, launch window. It's like, gonna. It's gonna. Like, does yeah. launch window include the Osiris DLC? Way before that. Great. All right. Awesome. Looking forward to the DLC. We have Osiris, and we have the, uh, the other one down the line. I'm blanking Rasputin, on the Rasputin. Uh, Thank but you. The name, I Thank forgot you. the name of it now, too. You made me forget it. Yeah, so uh, what are the windows for those? Can't, can't go into any detail there. We're just really excited that people, you know, we haven't even shipped Destiny 2, and people are already <laughs> excited about the expansions. We're yeah. like, what are we, man? Shop yeah, liver? Yeah, like, apparently, they just want to get the expansions already, but... Um, no, yeah, we, I guess we, they, we, we've 12 got minutes of mission. They beat the game already. Yeah, uh, what's next? Yeah, we, we've got a pretty robust, you know, content plan post-launch and events that we're going to be doing and running, and some stuff's going to be new and unexpected. And uh, yeah, we're really excited. You know, we want to get the game done first before we look look past look, look past this. But there's a yeah, we're excited about what the live years have to offer for Destiny 2. How are you putting your live team to work this time around? Well, they have. I mean, the live team has their own their own leadership structure, and they have a, like an equivalent to Mark and an equivalent to myself. And yeah. you know, uh, they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be you know, transforming the game and evolving they're, the game. They're already working hard on it, man. Like they're you know, this stuff's layered, right? Like we were working on Destiny Two for a long time. You know, someone asked me today, like, how did you guys get this all done after Rise of Iron? I'm like, because we did. <laughs> we started it like a while ago. Yeah. And so they're you know they're already working on on live stuff that's gonna come out. You know, way down beyond, the way down the road, you know, next year, all sorts of stuff. My biggest concern was, you know, when we were looking at the footage, I, the tower, it gets blown up. I was really worried about the soccer ball, which we luckily saw in the trailer. Right. But what about the purple ball? Yeah, the, 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 the purple ball. R.I.P. Yeah, the, that voyage ended, man. It's a, it's a bummer. 
You're going down, Gary. <laughs> it's over for you. He's a real, he's a real pip. Yeah. That Gary. Yeah. Actually, in PvP, people were noticing like footstep sounds. Perhaps is that actually a thing? And you can like hear that now. Yeah, we have. We're we're doing. So another thing we're doing differently with PvP, which if Lars was here, he would have like hammered all of this already. We have a different audio mix for PvP versus PvE now. So you have footstep sounds. You're gonna have different sounds for your super activating if it's on your team or your enemy's team. Like all this, like this all comes back to what we were talking about this morning. Like. The readability, understandability that leads to learning, which leads to mastery, which is this really important loop we want to have in, in Destiny 2. And the PvP game has not had that. It's hard to get, I mean, Fran's on the journey. It's hard <laughs> to get better at yeah. PvP. And, and so oh, I know. in Destiny 2, <laughs> we want to make it like, like easier for you to learn how to do better. When you lose an engagement and you go, I don't know how I could have done that any differently. We didn't teach you anything. So there's a bunch of stuff that we're doing. In terms of, shocker that we're going to ask this too, show was great and everything, but when do we get to hear more? Is it tight lip till E3? Do you have plans to talk a little bit more in between? We'll be at, we'll be at E3, you know, and, and uh, we'll reveal a little bit more there. You should tune in, you know. But we're, I mean... First raid like, footage? Ex- oh, my God, no. Expect- <laughs> expectation management. I said a little bit more there. Yeah, like, I said a little yeah, bit just, more. I, just, I mean, Destiny fans need to understand their little bit. <laughs> It's like, and it, we're like, it's a little bit. Yeah. This was like, the this was the big show for us. Yeah. We have a big presence at E3 because, dude, you know, there are tens of thousands of people coming to E3, and we can't fit ten thousand people in here. Um, so we're going to be showing uh, the game there as well, and a lot of people are going to play some of the content you guys saw today. Um, and we'll have you know a couple so a couple tidbits there and a couple announcements. I had a last question about the inventory reshuffle. How is that going to change the game in PvP? Inventory reshuffle. Okay, so the kinetic energy and power. Yeah. So this comes back to if you just like scrub back 45 seconds in the video, we're talking about learning, understanding, at least the mastery, and not knowing what killed you. Like the one-hit kill weapons, sniper rifles, shotguns, fusion rifles, those things and their availability means a lot of the time in PvP. And you see some of the the, the trials report stats. These weapons are being used all not fusion rifles, but one-hit kill weapons are being used all the time. Same with one-hit kill sticky grenades. And so we've, like, we've cleaved the damage down on the sticky grenades to give you something to react to. But then we've moved all those weapons to the power slot. Because now the power slot, when you load power weapon ammo on the map, it's going to tell you, you know, destiny loaded, I don't know your gamer tag, but it's like, yeah, whatever. Legary. FM3, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Legary loaded Scout, his, his shotgun sniper. at... Yeah, loaded his shotgun yeah. at in Gardens. And so now you're in the, the position where you've broadcast that to the map by looting it. If I see you in combat, I'm able to go, oh my gosh, that dude has a, has a shotgun. If I'm on your team, I know. So if you go to push and we're not in voice, then I can follow you because you got a shotgun. And then the availability of the, the ammo brings the one-hit kill weapons into less availability, which allows you to learn more. And, and your engagement speed, just by like a, just a skosh, uh, decreased time to kill. We made time to kill longer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's increased or decreased. It depends on your it depends on your point of view. Yeah. But we've made it a little it did bit longer. It feel longer, yeah. And so, so the power weapons matter more. We didn't even really talk about the new supers. Though you have a spear, you have a sword, and you have a shield. Captain America Titan looks great. I'm happy. Uh, where did those influences come from? Come from all over the place, right? Like, you know, you think we'd have to talk to the sandbox designers themselves, but like you brought up the Sentinel, that's the Titan. I, I run a warlock. 
and have for three years, but like, I'm sorry. I'm pretty into the Sentinel, hey. man. I'm just like pretty into the Sentinel at this point. Oh, yeah, the Dawn Blade's rad, though, too. Yeah. But like, I think I'm, it's time to roll a Titan with Destiny 2. Like, the idea of being able to be a, a physical support class that can move around and fucking melee beat dudes and throw my shield, like, it's, it, it's, and like, and Luke, like, compliments my skills finally. Like, I'm starting to learn some tactics with Barricade. Like, he can, Every class has like an innate class ability now, and for the Sentinel, that well, sorry, for the Titan, that's to throw down this barricade that's like physical in place, right? And once you get good with that, you can start to like really matter in a fire team in a way that I couldn't when I was just like storm calling, you know, I just like slightly, you know, force lightning. Tickle finger. Yeah. So, so I want to just give you some color here. <laughs> yeah. Mark is a Mark's a growing Sentinel, and. You know, we were playing at home a couple weeks ago with Mike Zacker, our director. Or no, it was Justin. Yeah, it's Justin. Justin Truman, who's, who's our, one of our gameplay leads. And um, they, they were both Sentinels. And I just want to encourage everyone who's going who's gonna to roll Titan this year, the barricade is not for line of sight. You don't put it where you're trying to shoot. You put it to the sides of where you're trying to shoot. Or use it to protect the flanks. Keep the line of sight open. I had to send a text to him and Truman, like, stop blocking he, he, my he shots. He brings up the one, the one time I used it poorly. Like, so other times I've been getting, getting pretty good at it. But, I, no, I just, like, the, the new abilities are making me really want to potentially change how I play. And, of course, you know, I can still play Warlock. It's not, it's not going anywhere. So you guys were saying before the, before the show started, I think, you felt like the Titans were too good. Well, oh, I, I just thought they were awesome. Yeah. Okay. I had a thing against shoulder chargers for a long period of time, which is a thing. But uh, other than that, I, I actually think the cl- class balance has been pretty solid. I mean, no, um, I'm talking about what you just played today. Oh, today? No, I'm not. Yeah. I didn't get to play Titans today. Destin, did you? But you played uh, PvP. I played Titan, Hunter, and uh, I played all the classes today yeah. uh, in PvP, and I just did terrible as a warlock. Yeah. So I haven't figured out how to maximize that character for my play style. Step one, get good, I know. But well, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you got but, that covered. <laughs> But the Titan was just so versatile with how fast he can move. And the Hunter still has Shade Step, yeah. like we saw. So it's just going to be interesting to see how I figure out how to maximize my usage as a Warlock. And I was interested, how did you guys balance that out? It's a, the, the balance is an ongoing challenge. We've looked at the Mending Rift for the Warlock and seen the health tick up. And we've seen the, the health tick down, the Empowering Rift for the Warlock. We have Split Tuning, where... Um, we've actually made it, the damage it buffs your weapons are different in PvP versus in PvE. So we're looking at stuff like that and, tr- and treating it differently on, on a case-by-case basis. I think that's great. Um, actually, I was hoping you could talk about a few of those small touches, because they're actually, if you go in the subclass menu, right, it's different now, which yeah. was like everyone takes that first, like, oh my god. Yeah, like the first thing is that the subclass menu has, you know, a couple basic choices about your class ability and then you know movement mode and grenade and then you pick your super but then there are two paths right we're trying to make it easier for people to have like an optimal build and just focus these four you know these four elements go together and do them and you can play in a certain way and then there's these other distinct four elements that work together instead of like luke would like look at me he never plays a game with me i'm just like not good enough for him or whatever but he, like, inspect my character all the time to just, like, make sure I'm playing and stuff. Yeah. He can, like, rag me at the office. And he's like, what the hell are you doing with your, like, warlock, man? You got this helmet on with that thing. And you've got this thing all agility. <laughs> like, Viking this is, Yeah, you, you got to set up yeah. all wrong. Like, what do you, like, do you even know how to play the, this game? You know? And I'm, like, all sh- ashamed. And, and uh, now, like, I, I can't really screw that up, right? Like, you're just like, oh, I'm going to pick the one on the top. And I can still do the wrong things. Yeah. Right? But, like, there, there are, like, two optimal ways to play now. And I can, like, figure that out. And the space is 
easier for me to grok, right? And there's still cool interactions with like guns and stuff. And also, the other, the other benefit we get here is it lets us make those four nodes pretty interesting and potent on their own. Because we know how they're going to pair together, we're just like, we're able to tune a path and tune a second path. And then look at them, step back, and the sandbox guys are great at this. They step back and look at it and go, like, do these feel like the right thing? And then, after a given subclass, they have to step back and go, do these end subclasses feel like the right thing? And then they have to step back one more time and go, like, okay, when I have this information about this class, do the three classes feel like they're good? And so this was a way of, of, of making, a way of giving a sharper lens to look at that problem space. We gotta wrap it up, it's very close to yeah, 6 o'clock. Yeah, they're starting to tear the posters down. down here, yeah. Uh, one last short question. Game's coming to PC. Modders are gonna tear it apart and rip those character models out. What is the first machinima you wanna see, Luke? I have no idea. It's way too creative of a question for this time of day. <laughs> All right. We're on hour 13 of being away. Yeah. Do you have one? I tried to buy time for you, buddy. Yeah, no, <laughs> was I was like, good. I was trying to think of something with... Uh... Dances. Specialized dances. Now we know what Destin wants to see. <laughs> Something with the Cryptarch, you know? Like, I think the Cryptarch's like this secretly sneaky, interesting character because he had such a strong relationship with Destiny players. Strong negative relationship for a yeah. long time, and then it finally became like a more positive one. And like, what's that guy's history like? Even if he was just coming out, like, that, that would be pretty cool. Like, if someone came up with a backstory that's like different than the one we have internally, that would be pretty cool. Cryptarch PC exclusive confirmed. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so guys, we have a tradition at the end of the show. We always point and say Guardians out. Do you, are you down to do it? Sure. Which one right. do we point at? So until next time, everybody, Guardians, Guardians out. out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.